Good morning and welcome to Success Happens. This is Jen and it is great to have you with us today. You know, I have been covering what's been going on in the world with food shortages that seem imminent. It's coming. You know, the concerns about the supply chains and all that go on. And I can't help but want to just remind us that elections have consequences. We say that, right? Like your vote matters because what you, who you choose becomes the next leader that we're subjected to, right? However, what if your vote didn't matter? That's the brutal reality that we're dealing with now. So whereas we often say, ah, elections have consequences, right now we're dealing with, well, maybe they don't because they didn't. And this notion of election integrity, what they've been calling election integrity, I'm actually going to change it. I'm going to call it election fraud because that's what happened. And then I'm going to say it's actually voter integrity and election fraud. And if we deal with it in that way, then each and every voter is responsible for the election because our voting determines the outcome. And if your vote was stolen, you want to know that. If somebody else voted on your behalf without your permission in a way that they wanted that vote to go, then you need to know about it. If votes have been duplicated and yours has been minimized, then you need to know about it. So election fraud, you know, people often say, well, but, you know, it happens. There's always a little election fraud. One thing I learned in transformational work is that there's either integrity or there's not. There's not a percentage or degree to which somebody has integrity. You either have integrity or you don't. A system either has integrity or it doesn't. An election process either has integrity or it doesn't. So today we're going to deal with election fraud. And in doing that, I want to also be reminded by this week was a huge week. But why was it this week? Why wasn't it last week? Why didn't they drop the FYI next week? And my guest actually had a, a great insight about that. Right now, this week, they have been airing 2,000 mules. That hit this week. The Ohio election, the primary, one of the big ones in the country, was this week. And oh, by the way, Trump's guy won. So there's some power in the Trump brand still. It's a patriot thing. It's not a red-blue thing. So I want to introduce, once again, welcome back, Robin Sachs. It's great to have you back. She is the chair of the Maryland Voter Integrity Group. And we are going to talk about election fraud today. And we're going to talk about it the way it is and the way it isn't. And we're going to be straight about it. So, you know, some people may think that this is conspiracy theory. It isn't. There's facts to back it up. And I know someone personally who witnessed, we'll call it election fraud, because he was actually not voting himself. He was voting for hundreds of people when he dumped the ballots in the box. 
So welcome, Robin. Great to have you back on Success Happens. Great, Jen. So happy to be here with you again. It's wonderful. And I just want to say thank you to you for all the amazing work you've done. You picked up a banner and you said, I'm the one. And you went after it. And you brought together hundreds, thousands of people to work on this issue because they care about our country and they care about our state. Yeah, that, yes. that is that is so true. Um, yeah, I want to thank all of our Maryland uh, voter integrity members. Like you said, we our mailing list right now is about 5,600 and on our social media channels, we have, you know, a few thousand, um, almost 3,000 on Facebook and a couple thousand on Telegram. So I want to thank all of them because they're, um, you know, the workers every day and, and making things happen. Yeah, so that's great. It's fantastic. And I, and I thank you for always being available, really, when I have questions or you know, we want to cover it on the show. You you bring such great information. So today is one of those days. I'd like you to start with giving us an update on where are we in election fraud oversight. And, and it's important to remember, you guys, we still have to deal with 2020. We can't just move on. When integrity is not present, nothing else works. You cannot keep going on top of the poo-poo. You have to deal with what happened. Give us a, an update. Where are we? Are heck, first of all, is there election fraud in Maryland of substance? I would. I I think so. But um, and I can you know just give you a couple of highlights. But it's not because of any malfeasance that I can see um, with people at these county boards of elections. I have probably spoken to at least. 10 to 12 different county board of elections presidents and this is happening in spite of their good work i did want to mention that 2000 mules you know having that come out uh this week really um puts a bow on something that we saw early on i probably you know recognize this by september is that 106 thousand inactive voters that voted all of a sudden in 2020 that had been on the voter rolls since 2012 um i think that dovetails directly into what we see with 2000 mules and the reason i say that is if you know who is a low propensity voter and face it someone who's still in the voter rolls but hasn't voted ever but it has been on the roll since 2012, then those are active registrations that can be used by bad people. You know, 2000 Mules really puts that into perspective. Robin, explain the 106,000 inactive voter IDs. You said they've not voted since 2012. Now, what if someone said, yeah, but they just got inspired by Trump. They got inspired by Biden from his basement. They wanted to vote all of a sudden. Uh, that is what people say, that people, you know, Democrats hated uh, Trump so much that they came out in large numbers against him. But interestingly, some stuff that we see in that inactive data is that um, Democrats between 60 and 67 percent were more likely 
to um, vote this way, vote by mail these inactive voters. And Republicans, it was more like somewhere between, you know, 30 to 33 percent. And we're seeing that trend in every county. This is what I said to a Board of Elections president yesterday who was debating us. The data tells the story. I have 24 jurisdictions. So in Maryland, we have 23 counties and Baltimore City. Many people have heard about our 35% Democrats uh, vote spikes in five counties. The data is anomalous throughout the state, but what is interesting is it's consistent in terms of percentages, which is also very strange. Uh, well, it's statistically unlikely. Very. <laughs> okay, so, so let's go back. So we have 106,000 inactive voters. Of those 106 that you said 60, 67% of them went mail-in for Dems yes. and 30 to 35 went mail-in for Republicans. And that was on average pretty consistent across the different jurisdictions in Maryland. Okay, Correct. got that. Have you audited them like they did in Wisconsin where they went around and they said, you know, let's see if little Mrs. Jones, who's 85 and blind in you know a nursing home actually voted. Have you gone around to find out if any of those people say, no, I did not vote? As citizen volunteers, some of our members have teamed with their local GOP clubs and have done some canvassing. Our largest canvas um, is about to be released in Hartford County. Um, they weren't even looking for those inactive voters. We actually, um, uh, they canvassed full areas, so four full precincts. And um, what was found is um, quite a few phantom, what we'll call phantom voters. Uh, either the people at the house said, I've never heard of this person. This person has moved. This was a vacant lot. This is a library and so on and so forth. And I would say based on the number of houses that were on that canvas list, uh, I would say it's about 17%. We are seeing, I will call them phantom because <laughs> they don't, they're on the voter rolls, but they don't seem to exist. Um, okay, so let's talk about the 17% phantom. Are they, did they all vote Democrat? That we don't even know. And we don't even, I mean, that could, we didn't even analyze that. We just wanted to see did what the voter rolls say match what the people said? And it really didn't. Well, so it'd be useful to drill down and say, you know, how yeah. did they, how did that 17% vote? Yeah. And anyone from Hartford County that wants to volunteer and help us do that, that would be awesome only because, um, you know, we have limited people in each county and they're all busy working and doing other things. And we're you know, pure volunteers. But yes, we do have the data now and that data can be crossed over by the voter rolls. I will say this, something that we see in the data is I feel like they use both Democrats and Republicans, um, if you want to call it in this effort. <laughs> uh, it was no, a lot they, more Democrats than Republicans. In my opinion, it's probably in Maryland, somewhere to the tune of about 240,000 questionable votes. We we can right. see some counties that I do think we have votes in. I can think of, um, I feel Washington County where uh, Republican registrations went up by 6.8%, but Trump's votes went down. 
I think we could have flip votes there. I see it in Calvert County. Again, Trump votes went down, even though Republican registrations went up. This makes no sense. What we would need to do is get to the physical ballots. I did ask for that from some Board of Elections people that I have you know, spoken to. I'm like, we really need to, to hand count the paper ballots. We're going to get to the bottom of it. We need to audit the information. Especially, you know, election integrity for our voters, it's the number one issue. I mean, but even in Washington County the other day, we had over 100 people. In Queen Anne's County, we had over 100 people. I mean, people are, and they're furious. How about the Democrats? Um, They're not as interested now as they were, but my sister, who I love dearly, is a park ranger, very liberal, was a big Bernie fan. And she's like, of course, we all care about election integrity. And I did tell her that Bernie had his election stolen. And I said, they're not just cheating in the general, they're cheating in the primaries, too. Um, And, you know, she was like, who couldn't want paper ballots? So this is actually something I think we can all agree on. It's just that, you know, they really uh, were convinced and propagandized to think Trump was evil. And I mean, that's just that Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing. And if you want people to work on Hartford County, they don't have to live in Hartford County, do they? No. Mm -mm. So if you are listening to this show and you want to help straighten out the integrity of our voting process in Maryland, Robin, how would they reach out to you? Um, Best place to go, mdvoter.org, mdvoter.org. We have um, links to all of our social media channels, Facebook, Telegram, um, our podcast, Maryland Election Beat, probably the easiest way to get to us. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek, we're scooping now. Dianovich and Associates, as well as Flamingo Pool Supplies. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Robin Sachs, who is the chair of the Maryland Voter Integrity Group. And we also have the pleasure today of having a special guest, Jeff O'Donnell, who is a chief information officer with Ordros Analytics. He is a data expert. And Jeff has done amazing work across the country about data and understanding what really happened. And as you can tell from the work that uh, Robin has done with her amazing group, there is much work still to do. And we all need to roll up our sleeves and help because this is all being done by volunteers who love our country and want to save our country from this communist takeover that's happening before our very eyes. So welcome to Success Happens, Jeff. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. It's, a, it's an honor to be on your show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you for the amazing work that you're doing. So let's start with what had you enter into the fray of election fraud? My background for 40 years has been in uh, software development, databases, uh, all, all manners of, of software engineering. Like most other people, uh, I woke up on the 4th of November uh, feeling like I'd woke up in some sort of alternate uh, parallel universe. And uh, I you know, did what everybody else uh, who felt that way, you know, looked for data, looked, you know, and of course, nobody was was really listening <laughs> to us back there at the beginning. Uh, 
what yeah, because really, you were just a sore yeah. loser. You were a, a oh, absolutely, you were, yeah. right? It, conspiracy yeah. theorist, all of these yes. name calling that they did. So, you know, it was a case where I, I wanted to do more for a while. You know, if, if, if I may, you know, what, what really, you know, kind of drives me and, and want me to, you know, to look for opportunities to, to, to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I, I'm what you would call sort of a constitutionalist, and I, <laughs> I take heavy stock in what our founders said when they, when they this, began this, this great country. Thomas Paine, who is, is one of my <laughs> uh, inspirations in terms of political thought, he said, the right of voting for representatives is the primary right by which other rights are protected. To take away this right is to reduce a man to slavery. For slavery consists in being subject to the will of another, and he that has not a vote in the election of representatives is in this case. So I believe we we entered into slavery after the 2020 election. We put That's very powerful. I mean, I think people really need to let that in, that if you have no vote, you're effectively subject a subject of another like serfdom or something, you know, you don't, you don't have your own free will. You don't have your rights intact. Everything is subject to scrutiny and uh, disciplining. Our elections have, have, I always thought of them as, as our ultimate break glass in case of emergency. If things got really, really bad, at least we could all get together and uh, throw the bums out, uh, as, as, as they say. And uh, it's clear to me now that we've lost that uh, critical ability in this country to do that. And I think it's, as you said, uh, elections have consequences. And I would say that stolen elections have even more consequences. And I think where we find ourselves now uh, as a country in in so many ways uh, definitely points to that. Give us, if you would, please, what you've been doing nationally. Where have you worked? What states have you been working in? Well, I've, I've covered a lot. Um, when the uh, database and system information from Mesa County, Colorado became available. Um, I was contacted by people and they said, have you looked at, <laughs> well, they said, this image is available. Have you looked at it yet? You seem like the perfect guy that would look at this. And and I said, you know, what what can I do? I'm just one guy and there's probably a couple hundred other people already dissecting it. And he kept convincing me and eventually I went ahead and, uh, and went through the Kind of laborious process of uh, of getting the image and working on it. So, and and that is, I think, where 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 my primary findings have been in that uh, in that system is evidence of uh, ballot and vote manipulation. Not, okay, not so conjecture. when you talk about image, I mean, I'm going to interrupt you just because I want yes, people to understand. It's hard for people to grasp the complexity of this and and the difficulty. So, when you say image, what is the image of? It's an exact copy of the uh, the hard drive of the Mesa County election server. Okay, what did you discover specifically? Give me a couple of examples of what you saw specifically that indicated election fraud. Well, they started counting mail-in ballots October 19th of 2020, so before the actual election, but when the mail-in ballots were coming in. Uh, on the third day, on the 21st, the third day of counting, without the, the clerks doing anything, the clerks did everything that they were supposed to do uh, during this, and they had no idea what was going on. Uh, in the background, a secret process ran 
that essentially reprocessed 20,000 ballots. 20,000 even? 20, a little more than 20,000. There's an intentionality when they create something to look random, right? So yes. that shows you that there's some intention to defraud. But in lay terms, uh, the system had created another set of books, if you consider the ballots and, and the batches of, of those ballots. It created a second set of books, and it copied some of the ballots, uh, 20,000 and change, to the, the second book. It left uh, about 5,500 now hidden kind of in the first book, and those 5,500 show every every indication of being uh, fake ballots. Uh, they, were, they were real paper, but not filled out by actual voters. Uh, and then the, those 20,000 were, were essentially reprocessed by the system. Again, the clerks had no idea this was going on, uh, except that uh, when, a, when a ballot is brought into one of these election machines, uh, the, the software sees if it, can, if it can determine what the voter voted for, if, the little ovals and that, to see if it, if, it, if it can, then it counts the votes. If it can't, then it puts it with something called adjudication. Big, big, I mean, it's a big word. Basically, it just means that humans have to look at it because the computer couldn't figure out what the voter wanted to vote for. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So when you're saying they're, tr it's trying to figure out what the voter wanted. Is this an instance where the voter pushed the button or it's an instance where they're inputting the paper ballot for interpretation by the machine? These are the paper ballots in this particular case that, that you would go and fill out the oval with a, with a pencil or pen or whatever they or a Sharpie <laughs> that they give you. And, uh, and then those are run through what's called a, uh, a scanner. It scans the document. It creates a picture of that document, essentially. And then the software, you know, through its ways, looks at that image to see, okay, did, did the person fill out enough of that oval to count? You know, did they fill in two choices for the same, uh, you know, those kind of questions. And, and if it can determine accurately it, to its uh, satisfaction, then it counts the votes. Otherwise, humans have to count the votes. And I, and I think it's important to point that out because when these, these 20,000 were first uh, read, they went through the whole process and uh, a certain number of them were sent to humans because the computer couldn't figure it out. When they were processed the second time, same, supposedly the same uh, ballot, pictures of the ballots, the same software, the same computer, it wasn't the same number that was sent to humans. And that is the primary indicator that there were changes made the second time that they went through this because it did not come up with the same number. Did the, did the number of votes increase or decrease the second time around? The number of votes stayed the same. They had the chance at that point uh, because they were reprocessed to change the votes from the first time. In other words, the we have no way of knowing because of this reprocess uh, what the votes were the first time that those were processed as opposed to the second time and the fact that things did not go the same the second time. Okay, did you reckon, okay, gotcha. Did you pull the physical ballots to compare them? That is something that should be done, absolutely should be done. If that were done, that would that would that would tell us a lot uh, about what actually happened. If those indeed were the real original ballots at this point, how long it's been since then? 
uh, it brings question into everything. So they're supposed to retain that evidence through, I believe it's September. Robin, can you share with us what's the date until when they have to retain those ballots? Right, 22 months. So they should be retaining them, but we certainly have heard that that maybe wasn't the case in Colorado. You mean they took it upon themselves to destroy evidence? I think so. What do you think, Jeff? Um, I can't say for sure. However, in, it's actually 25 months. The state has a different uh, retention for Colorado. All I know is what I've heard. You know, given the importance, given what I do, you know, I'm 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 investigating this, uh, you know, as as a professional. Um, if I can't see it and or I can't reproduce it, then it doesn't exist. So. I have heard plenty of stories, you know, that would indicate that there may be some problems uh, with those <laughs> paper ballots, but I have not personally been able to uh, confirm that myself. Sorry, let me let me ask you a question. On the Colorado, uh, how many votes total do you think, Jeff, are in question? Twenty-five thousand and change. Twenty-five thousand. So two hundred forty thousand in Maryland. 25,000 in Colorado. So we're starting that, to. That's just one ca county in Colorado. About 90,000 total votes. Okay, how many, if you, in your professional opinion, Jeff, if you, knowing what you know about Colorado, how many votes do you think are questionable in Colorado? I actually ran the numbers. If the same percentages were to hold throughout all the counties in Colorado, let me put it this way: It would have been uh, a, a little bit more than 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 what was needed to change the margin in Colorado. That's the that is the 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 sobering point. It would have swung it to Trump. Yes, yes. If 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 what happened and what I've seen and and my opinion of of what happened, if that was proportionally done in the rest and 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 frankly, if you think about Mesa County is an extremely red county, very conservative. In the 2016 election. Uh, Trump uh, was uh, over Hillary Clinton uh, about 62-28. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but that's it's in a, thereabouts. Uh, that got shaved by about uh, uh, over five percent uh, in the Trump versus Biden. Sorry for comparison. How many? Uh, what was the split for Trump to Biden? I think that Trump was still at about 62 to. I believe 30, 32, 33. If he hadn't won Mesa, a county that conservative, uh, it would have, as I say, thrown more red flags than a May Day parade. But if you look at it, it's the, it's the state that counts. The state awards the electoral votes. The aggregate uh, of all of yes. them. Yeah. Correct. I so often he... refer to what I see is looking like point shaving in sports. <laughs> Uh, a little from here, a little bit from, little here, from here, a little bit from here, and then you end up with basement Biden winning Colorado. It's all shocking. Yeah. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and I have with me today Robin Sachs and Jeff O'Donnell, and we are talking election fraud in the 2020 election. And here's why this is important, you guys, because we have another election coming up. And if they got away with it in 2020, do you think they're gonna try it again? Of course. 
So we have some things I want to make sure we cover before to empower you about how to ensure we bring integrity to the election process. Jeff, you mentioned something about municipals, uh, municipalities and the election process. Um, and of course, we saw something in Westminster that was definitely suspect with a New Jersey company coming in and saying he's going to clean the machine at 11 a.m. on election day. So can you tell us uh, what your your concern is about these municipal elections? Thank you for asking that, because this is really important. Uh, what I described to you as having happened in the uh, 2020 federal election, uh, the same thing happened in their next municipal election, which was uh, the actual election day was in April. County began in March. Uh, it was different numbers of votes, different number of batches, but it was the same process of two sets of books, creating new uh, uh, new files and new new databases and reprocessing. So this anyone uh, who hears the story will first say, well, maybe something accidental happened. Uh, maybe a mouse ran over the keyboard and hit just the right keys. Well, if it did, then that same mouse came back in uh, March and did the same thing. So what we're talking about everyone is an orchestrated strategic intentional overtaking of the election process using technology and the other aspect of it is humans somebody told the machine to do that i mean it didn't decide it for itself and humans are on the back end either complicit in hiding this, and it may be that these election folks, Robin, like you said, are above board, they believe in the process, they really are there because they love making sure that we have that important gift. Yeah, I mean, if anything, gift. my feeling is that the bad guys, if you wanna call them that, are either activists and are working with the machine companies. I mean, I was quite clear yesterday with the Board of Elections president that I spoke to that, look, we don't want these machine companies, in our case, ESNS, running the elections. The people of, for example, Washington County, we'd like to have Washington County people count the votes, you know, whether it's Carroll County, we want Carroll County people to count the votes. I mean, these machine companies, um, we don't know who these people are. And we do know that Michael Spitzer Rubenstein was in on the Wisconsin election um, from his Grand Hyatt, Hyatt hotel room. So Justice Gableman's uh, investigation gave us his name and the time he was there and uh, where he did it from. And he was on a private but unsecured network and he was in that election hello that right there in my opinion should invalidate that wisconsin election it should be immediately decertified and so what jeff is saying here in my opinion is huge because what he's saying is there was some type of a manipulation in that election that election should be immediately thrown out what are we doing here not only what are we doing here but what are we doing next because I'm a believer that we have to have our next actions. What are we doing? Because if it's not us, no one else is coming. So we're the ones. For the 2020 election, they must preserve the evidence. They must preserve the evidence. So in my opinion, across the country, people need to say 
there's too many anomalies. There's too many cooking the books. If you have a double set of books in a business, they throw your butt in jail for tax evasion. You know, if you're cooking the books on voter uh, outcomes, you should go to jail. And that election should be decertified. I don't care if it's Mesa County, Colorado, or it's Frederick County, Maryland. Yep. And all the innocent bystanders, if you knew something and you didn't say something, shame on you. And maybe you are complicit. If you turn a blind eye, that has no integrity. So we have to stop kind of justifying something and excusing something. But back to this idea of there's two sets of books. What, what I see the immediate thing to do is to go in and compare the physical with the image and the secondary set of books and see what happened. Because your timestamps will tell you. Absolutely. Yeah. We know, and I've known this, gosh, before the 2020 election, because I interviewed a guy, expert in Venezuela, and he knew all about this stuff. It's been going on for many, many elections that the the Venezuelans lost their election. Look where they are now. Do we yes. want to end up like Venezuela? We're headed that way. They've already started. So we have to preserve the evidence. We have to take action to, to compare the data and the physical evidence. Is there anything else that needs to occur? I mean, one thing I want, and I have it out there, it's at mdvoter.org, which is sign our petition to go back to hand counting paper ballots, get the machines out of this process completely. I keep mentioning this to boards of elections presidents. They don't like it. They're like, we could never do that. And then I show them a picture of how France does it. And they get it done in one day. If we hand count at the precinct level and do it the way we used to do it, you know, before we had these machines, we can do it. You know, a Republican and a Democrat, and if they want an independent can watch it. But I want to get away from all of these electronics, because even if you could secure it for one election cycle, are we really thinking it would stay secured? I mean, are we really that naive that everything can be hacked except for our elections? Come on. It's ridiculous. The thing about paper ballots with hand counting, if we ever had a question like this, it would be so easy to resolve. Think how fast this could be done. And and right now, I remember when Maryland went to paper ballots in the mid, whenever it was, it was probably like 215 or something, you know, when we got the new ES&S system, they, they raved about paper ballots. It'll be so easy to audit. Well, we've had counties that want to count their paper ballots. Oh, no, we need to get legislative approval for you to count your paper ballots in Queen Anne's County. I mean, give me a break. So so they lied to us. They don't want it to be transparent. And I just think we just have to call it out. We don't what I said to the Board of Elections president I talked to yesterday was we don't trust this system. We want to go back to paper ballots, hand counts, and then they say, oh, that would be so hard. We could never do it. Yes, we could. We used to do it. France does it. Israel does it. Canada does it. So we just cannot buy their bull, as I like to call them, cheating cheaters that cheat. There's, if you look at the budget for Maryland, what is it, $8 billion? I mean, there are $8 billion reasons why someone would steal an election. I do not trust these people. They have broken our trust. 
Um, we want to hand count paper ballots. The legislators who were elected have no interest in admitting that they may not have been elected. Of course. I'm talking about at the state level. Yep. Conflict of interest. It is a conflict of interest. And in any other environment, it would not be tolerated. That's right. And yet we relinquish our control and our vote and our power to the legislators in Maryland who are cheating, cheating in some cases. In some cases, they've cheated their way in there. Scott Adams of Dilbert said it best. He said, you can't expect people who benefit from the current system to fix the current system. They're not going to do it. They're <laughs> it's not. It's simple. It's very simple. And then the last thing I would say that we must have, and this is, I'm, I'm calling on everybody listening to me, and I'm going to ask you to share this with 10 or 20 people you know. That in this upcoming election cycle, in the primary, as well as in the general, I want you to have video cameras and we should have video footage of every drop box to ensure that there is no stuffing the ballots hundreds at a time by a mule coming from some other jurisdiction or state to muck with our election. Yeah. Absolutely. It cannot, it cannot be tolerated, and there must be video footage of all places because that's the accountability. There must be accountability. Yeah. So I, I really want to thank you guys for the important work that you're doing. Do you have any final thoughts about what should occur to rectify 2020? Most important thing to remember is that the more we identify both the methods and the people involved in the 2020 uh, debacle, uh, the more that we can apply those toward 2022. Speaking as somebody who, I do have a national perspective. Uh, I've, I've worked with, with people and legislatures in Wisconsin and Utah and Florida and uh, New York and California for crying out loud and, and, and other places. The worst thing that could possibly happen is for people to not vote, to think, oh, well, they stole it in 2020, nothing's been done, so they're just gonna steal it in 2022. Well, I can tell you that is not true. There is things being done every single day. Things are being exposed. How how easy do you think it's gonna be for them to uh, run ballot mules in Georgia uh, in, in 2022 or 2024? Uh, it's gonna be a little harder for them. That's a good example. People are now looking. And that, not just that, in, in some other ways. And, and and if I may, the other thing, I'm leading a, a national charge to public record request the world from your county election information. Things called cast vote records that we're using to prove that the anomalies that we that that the the fraud in Colorado caused uh, they they show up everywhere. Uh, ballots, digital ballot images. Uh, the point is, you know, we are we are uh, four months from the, the largest uh, coordinated bonfire since uh, Nero burned down Rome. And anything we get, anything that we force them to give us, they can't destroy. We'll have it. And that needs. It, it doesn't well, you take have to much. stop. Let's let's just be very clear. You all you all we all <laughs> we all have to stop the bonfire. You cannot let them destroy 
the evidence. You cannot. You cannot. At all cost, that must be preserved because we are in the middle of this. This is not over. They may think it's over, but it's only in their own imagination. It is not over. And it's in the middle of a fraud case, and you have to stay the course. Now, uh, there's something else I wanted to say to you. If you look across the country, in your informational kind of space where you've kind of looked at everything and you've got a sense, it's not going to be accurate, right? It's just going to be a sense. What is your sense of how many votes across the country would likely have gone to Trump if they didn't muck with our election? 20 to 25 million. And that includes states like New York and California and Texas and yes. Florida, where there's huge numbers of people, but they still mucked with it. Yes. Yeah. So Trump would have had a Reagan type landslide if yes. this uh, election had not been uh, tampered with. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Joe Biden didn't say it. I love that clip. I have it at the end of my presentations where he says, this will be the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud effort in the nation's history. And everyone's like, oh, he misspoke. Well, I don't think he did misspeak. No, he just now, said the quiet part loud. So thank you all for all that you're doing to save our country. Because make no mistake, everyone, if we don't rectify 2020, you can already see. It's undeniable, even to the most ardent Democrats, the damage that has been done by this election being unhinged the way it was. The cost is enormous, not just for U.S. I mean, we may lose our country over it if we don't fix this. Yeah, and it very well could have been China money. Uh, that paid for a lot of that of this. Well, I have right. I kind of think it it is. If you look at who's benefiting, I'm not saying everything's perfect here, but you know it does seem like they're the one in the world that is benefiting most. So you know what was their involvement in this, and which politicians were involved in this? Because I'm sure some of them were, and there probably are some elections people who were involved. You know. And which governors were involved, because we know some of them were. This is my Well, opinion. Kemp is 100% compromised. But the fraud and the criminal acts that have occurred to pull this off are far and wide. And when you look at what you just said, Robin, and I think it's important to note, and we'll finish on this, that this week... Coincidentally, they leak a report from the Justice Department, from, from SCOTUS, from the Supreme Court of the United States. It is so outrageous yep. and so compromised as an institution now that we all should be very concerned about our human rights and our constitutional rights and the the infrastructure of this nation because it's about to implode if that doesn't get fixed exactly. but the fact the fact that they released that this week robin and you said this to me i'm going to give you 100 credit on this you said this to me you said but 
think about they released that this week because we've got 2,000 mules coming out talking about election fraud. They did it at they did the same it night. One, yeah, exactly. At the same hour. It's like literally people were in that theater and they released that data. Um, in my opinion, yeah, the 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 leak from the Supreme Court was meant to distract from 2,000 mules. Absolutely, in my opinion. And there is belief that it came from Roberts, not from Alito. Hmm. So Justice Roberts has some splaining to do for his Supreme Court. He is 100% accountable for what's going on in that court. And he is 100% accountable to the people for what's going on under his leadership. You're listening to Success Happens. I really want to thank Robin Sachs with Maryland Voter Integrity Group. Be sure to follow them. Go and sign the petition. Jeff O'Donnell, thank you for the brilliant work you're doing on data collection and data integrity and data analytics to really get to the bottom, right? of what's going on. So I would like for you to come back. We will keep on this because it's not over until we right the ship. God bless you, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday morning right here on WFMD at 9 a.m. for another great show of Success Happens.